everybody. It's Chris Kraft and Micah Davis. Thank you for joining us again today for another episode of Glasses and Soapboxes podcast, where we are going into looking at new perspectives on old ideas. And today, we're super excited to go into what we're going to talk about. And I know we say that every time, but well, for one thing, we're super excited because we're finally on on uh, iTunes. So it's going to be much easier to find us, much easier for you to like and share and subscribe. And tell somebody about it. Tell somebody about it who likes to listen to not just educational podcasts, but uh, something to challenge you. And feel free to join the conversation. So today, we're going to be talking specifically about the difference and and how to change theoretical learning into practical. And we were going back and forth earlier about this. Actually, it's multiple recordings that we've kind of <laughs> that we've kind of had going into this. So we've got some practice. But I, I I love talking about the subject because so many of our podcasts are theoretical. The conversations Mike and I have had over the years have been mostly theoretical. But what I really appreciate about Micah is that he doesn't just stop at theoretical. He's someone who has a philosophy degree who actually cares about the practical world. He doesn't just want to pontificate about things that he knows or is quote unquote smarter than others about, uh, cause he, he's very humble when it comes to that. So, so, so Mike, do me a favor and kind of go into, uh, I'd like you to speak to the importance of theoretical and, and then maybe I'll talk about the importance of the practical side. Yeah. So, um, yeah, when we talk about the theoretical, what we're talking about is like mind space, kind of like thought, right? Your mindsets. And we're talking about, uh, ideas that we can pass back and forth pretty easily. And I can take on some ideas, but if I don't implement them, then they've not become practical. They're staying theoretical, and my life's not going to change based purely on my theoretical. I can believe, you know, that I'm a millionaire all I want, but if I never do any, any of the work and, and put into practice any of the actual mindsets that they have as well, it's not really going to happen for me. Um, something that really struck this idea in me uh, at a moderately early age was the book called The Great Divorce by C.S. Lewis. <laughs> yes. There's, so basically in the, in the book, he's going on a journey from hell to heaven uh, on a bus ride, and all these other spirits are with him, and they're trying to get to heaven as well. And they come to this place that's kind of like purgatory. It's supposed to be like a representation of the earth where things are kind of rough and hard, but if you get to the end of that time, then you get to heaven. And, um, this one guy, I remember it was, it was late in the chapter and I was all about apologetics and trying to defend <laughs> God and everything. And I wanted to learn everything I could about God so I could defend him and knew the word and everything. And I read this chapter that was about this guy who was all about defending God and, oh, how can, you know, how do we know that God says this? And really what we need to think about is what God says here. And, and <laughs> there are like mentors to each of the spirits who knew them while they were on earth and had already passed on to heaven and were trying to help guide them to heaven. And the, the mentor to the spirit goes, why do you care so much about defending a God you don't actually know? Mm. And I was like, ooh, <laughs> like I'm spending so much time on the idea of God, I don't know who God is. And that's what we do, though, with everything in our everyday lives, it seems. We'll think about, you know, how do I need to save, set money aside and, and, and have an emergency fund and then we don't do it. We know the idea. We just don't care about actually having it done. Right. And how do I become, you know, a higher skilled employee and learn some more skills? Well, we think about it a lot, but we don't actually do it. Same thing. Spiritual lives is where we really stumble with it. Um, you know, we think a lot about God, but do we get to know him? Not True. so much. So theoretical is more that side of the ideas. Right. And I, we both kind of come at the 
church side from about the same angle where we were raised in it and everything else. And one, one of the things that I was, my rose colored glasses were shattered at a pretty, pretty early age when so many people would talk about theories like you're talking about. And while this is not going to be purely a spiritual talk, I, I think the spiritual side of it's a really good side to start with because it's so easy to understand the difference. Oh, yeah. The theoretical side of understanding who God is, to the mind space as you called it. But the practical part of Jesus said there's only two commandments. Yeah. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. We could even say that's theoretical, and then love your neighbor as yourself is practical. So when it comes to theoretical versus practical, I love the idea of um, of apologetics, of theology, of learning these things. But to be perfectly blunt, my, my personal opinion is that is knowledge is not power. And I say it's my opinion. It's just kind of the truth. Yeah. Knowledge is not power. Applied knowledge is power. And unfortunately, what a lot of people do is they take theoretical on, then they only use it to debate or to to get in a giant uh, spitting contest on social media to where somebody's going back and forth trying to be more snarky and being more sarcastic. I'm like, that. that's not what knowledge is for. Knowledge is for you to be able to apply in your own life to become better. And the practical side is taking the theoretical. And, and th- this is what I never want our blog to get accused of. And we're both on the same page with this. We never want to be theoretical sages. Like that, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's not what we're here to do. We, we don't just want to go back and forth and give you a, but now is the theoretical important? I would say that the theoretical is as important, if not more important than the practical, because you can't just do, mm-hmm. you must know before you do. There's a principle we talk about all the time that we've repeated in here. This is the, the results you have come from the actions you take. The actions you take come from the, your thinking and your thinking comes from the inputs you put in. So you can't just go change your results. If somebody says, I want to be 30 pounds lighter, well, great. How's your thinking? Because you get on a diet for 40 days, it's not going to work. You're going to go right back unless you change your thinking. So so the theoretical versus practical, it's not even a versus. It's a one has to come before the other. Right. Now, what about this? And let me throw this question out to you. What are the roadblocks that people have to implementing the theoretical that they already know? Because, because people are learning the theoretical, right? They've learned it from experiences. People have taught them. What roadblocks do you think people have? Because we need to identify the roadblocks before we can get past the roadblocks. I think some of the roadblocks we have are simply misunderstandings, maybe. Um, for instance, you talk about health and fitness and actually becoming, like losing weight, right? And if we want to get down to our target weight goal, well, a lot of people do quick diets and they'll do juice cleanses for 30 days and they drop 80 pounds because you're not supposed to actually just drink juice as a meal. And then they'll be like, oh, you know, I've hit my target goal. And they'll go right back to the lifestyle they had before of eating cheesecake for breakfast. And you're like, no, if you want to lose weight and keep it off, then it's a lifestyle change. You can't keep doing Krispy Kreme donuts for breakfast at the office all the time. You've got to start eating some protein in the morning. So one instead. of the things you're saying is it's actually going to take some long-term vision. Right. Not just short-term vision at the right. moment. Well, and a lot of people want the quick fix. And I know we're accused of this a lot, especially as millennials. Um, we get accused often of being the microwave generation. But a lot of times I think that's the truth only in the sense that we don't consider that time is a factor in all the decisions we make. That's really good. Um, like with weight loss and, and, and money and our marriage and anything like that, it's going to take time as well as the work, not just the work. You can't work a billion times harder in 24 hours and get farther than anyone else can in the same year. Like it, it's, it's hard unless... I don't know, unless you're just not doing your job to um, 
actually accelerate something like that. It takes time. If, if, you're, if your marriage is struggling, it takes time to rebuild that trust, no matter how hard you work at it for 30 days, um, as long as you're working at it, I, I think. So, something you were just describing with time, I love, because really what you're describing is plant, plant, cultivate, and harvest. What you're talking about is the, the, the principle of reaping and sowing. It's the idea of you have to plant, you have to cultivate, which always takes time. People want to plant the knowledge. I, m- my wife and I are on a financial program that's gotten this incredible result. So a lot of people want, and this is a really good example actually for our conversation today. We were recently, um, we wanted to offer a class for finances. And people come up and tell me, hey, I'd love to get the results that you guys have had. We've, we've eliminated over $100,000 of, our, of, our, of debt in the last several years. Um, we're, we're, we don't live with financial stress, which is more than I can say for anyone. <laughs> 90% of the people that I know, right? So we have a lot of the results people want. Well, we offered this class for two different weeks, and we were going to start this class. You know, both weeks, nobody came. Mm. It's really, and, 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 and I try to tell people, nobody owes me anything. You don't have to come. But I, I simply go, if you want the results, you're going to have to put some time. You're going to have to put some effort. You're going to have to look at your priorities and say, if this thing, fill in the blank, spiritual life, relationships, marriage, finances, if this is a priority in my life, then two things. I have to learn the theoretical truths. And I've heard this statement before. Only half of learning is learning. The other half is unlearning what you think you already know. Right. You're going to have to unlearn some bad habits. You're going to have to unlearn some bad information that you were taught. Sometime, sometime, it's not even your fault that you have the bad information, but it is your responsibility to unlearn it. Yeah. So it takes theoretical and it takes practical. People want the results without the cultivating or planting. It just doesn't happen that way. Right. And uh, I think we do that in our spiritual lives and with the financial class. Just take this for example. What if someone walked up to you and was like, I'm going to come to both classes, and they came to both classes, and then two weeks after your class is in, they come up to you and they're like, hey, Chris, that isn't working. And you look at them and go, okay, you know, let's go over your finances, let's look at what, how, how they've changed since you took the class, and their finances didn't change. You look at the spreadsheet of the week before your class, and you look at the spreadsheet of the week after your last class, and, and, and nothing, their spending didn't no change, spending, their, expense, their, their expenses didn't go down. And their income didn't go up, and you look at them and go, "This isn't me." You know, you you have the theoretical, you have the right. ideas now. You just didn't put it into practice at all. Your spreadsheets haven't changed at all, and I think that's what we do with our spiritual lives too. We go to church on Sundays and we go to yep. church on Wednesdays, and then we're like, eh, "We're good." And it's like, "Well, what happens in between?" Because if you're not putting it into practice, you're not getting anything out of it. Exactly. Or something hits us from the outside and we're like, wait a minute, I go to church. Why is this bad stuff <laughs> happening, right? Like, I've got the theoretical. Bad what, what, things why, don't why, happen to Christians. Why, why doesn't it fix things? Pastors never go through anything bad. Come on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we should have uh, our pastor on and uh, talk about some of the things oh he's gosh. been through already. But I, I think that's sadly where a lot of us sit and live is we want results and we want it quickly. And we understand, you know, I've seen people with incredible work ethic. And they'll go hard after something for a good two weeks. Yes. And then they don't get results and they're like, eh, whatever. And they walk away and you're like, okay, you have hard work ethic. So yep. if you'd worked for I mean, four more weeks, you would have seen at least some results from it. But they won't. They don't take time into consideration. They think, well, if I work super duper hard, you know, if I, if I work for two years harder than Bill Gates ever did in his whole life, 
I'll be where Bill Gates is now. And it's yeah. like, you don't, you realize he's been working that for so long and time has been a factor in what he's made as well. And you're not giving yourself any time or grace to get there. And then people want to look at Bill Gates and say he's lucky. Yeah. Like, do you think Bill Gates didn't have those quitting days? Yeah. Of course he had. One of my favorite stories out of a book is that uh, in the time of the Old West, when, when, when people were buying land looking for gold, this one gentleman bought a big plot of land, invested all the money into the mining equipment and all this. He started drilling into the earth looking for gold. And he did that for weeks and weeks and weeks in different spots. And finally, he just said, you know what, I'm not, I'm not, I can't find any gold. There can't be any gold here. And he went and just left and sold the property to somebody else. The other guy came in with the property and realized he just didn't drill deep enough and drilled another three feet and ran into one of the biggest, the biggest uh, strings of gold ever. And it's the, it, that's literally the idea of why are you quitting with something? If you know the theoretical, use the practical. And we could do a whole other podcast. I'm sure we will on consistency oh, yeah. and the value of staying power. But take it in anything in your lives. I think the reason people get divorced is because they're not willing to put in the effort to, number one, learn the theoretical. That's another whole podcast also. But learning the theoretical in our marriage and then applying it to our lives. not saying either of us are perfect at it. Mike is just starting his marriage. Laura and I have been in. We're about to celebrate 14 years. It doesn't mean we know what we're doing. But I promise you, with the information that we have in our perspective, we're constantly learning and we're constantly looking for practical ways to apply. Yeah, and it's 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 honestly really... Um, I guess sad and disappointing to me to hear whenever you're talking to someone and they're like, man, I've been working on this, you know, and it's, it's not going so well. And for instance, if you're using marriage, it's like, oh, well, you know, what have you been doing? Marriage counseling. How long? Two weeks. And you're like, how many sessions? Two. Well, give yourself some time. You've got some, you've got some work to do. You know, you're still, you're still earning that trust back if you've broken it. And if you've lost trust in the other person, they're still earning your trust back. You still have to work on this and give yourself time because um, I think sometimes time is the only thing that really will work as long as you're working at it to actually heal some of that stuff. And uh, same thing with finances. I mean, you know, I've, unfortunately, when I got diagnosed with diabetes, I got a lot of hospital debt. Unfortunately, that means a lot of time is going to be taken up trying to pay that off. But if I said, man, I haven't paid it off yet, I'm just not going to even worry about my finances anymore, there's no point in trying, that doesn't make any sense. I've been dealt this bad hand, you know, that wasn't my fault, I didn't kill my pancreas, so I've been dealt this bad hand, and I have to deal with it, but that doesn't mean that I need to quit on my finances in total just because I haven't given myself enough time to dig myself out of the hole that I've been been kind of placed in a little bit. So I think that's that time, along with a good mindset, if you will put that mindset into practice, mm-hmm. equals the results that you want. But you can't have any one or any two without the other one and expect it to work out well. You can't that, that's really good. lack practicing the, the ideas that you've been given and take time and think that your finances will just magically work. Well, you gotta you got to set money aside. And in your marriage, you know, you can't just have the ideas and practice it for a week and not give time a chance to work as well. Maybe like, eh, just let me just give up. Yeah. yeah let me tag onto that too, because that's a really good point. I think the other weakness that I see sometimes in people who haven't had the experience to make enough mistakes to learn from yet is a lot of times they will think that time without the theoretical will bring the practical. I've met a lot of people who will, and I got to be honest, for the early days of my marriage, this is how it was in our finances. And I know we keep coming back to finances, but to be perfectly honest, when 95% of people 
when they reach the age of 65 or they're dead broke or still working, we have an epidemic in our country. So one of the things you're going to hear in our podcast, it's a passion of mine to help people in their finances and get them under control by teaching them some of the theoretical part. Early in my married life, my, my literal plan for our finances was to cross my fingers and hope for a raise next year. Like, and, 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 and when you really stop and think about it, isn't that most people's plan? When you were to ask them, what's your financial plan? Well, I think next year we'll be able to put some money in savings. And Well, how? How's that going to work? Why next year instead of this year? Yeah, why next year instead of this year? And, and, and what are you going to do differently to make that happen? Yeah. And do you honestly not think, in the last three months, my wife and I have missed 10 days of work for an emergency surgery that we had to travel for. We had to put air conditioner in her car, which was well over several hundred dollars, and four new tires on my car. Do we think it's never going to happen? Like, it's going to rain, right? So, oh, when it comes, yeah. so when it comes to finances, what are you doing theoretically to create a plan? And I, I run into this with marriage, and it's funny how we're sticking on certain topics. Maybe it's what we need to stick on. I'll run into people with their marriage that want to have a better marriage, and my question is pretty simple. Okay, who, um, and the, let me kind of set this up the way that I do with people, is, is I'll ask them, okay, in, in a 168-hour week, that's how much time you have in your week, 168 hours, how much time do you think you sleep? I say I'm about six hours a day. And how much time do you work? So 42 to 50 hours of sleep, 40 to 50 to 60 hours of work. And then I'll ask, how much time do you put in, are you putting into your marriage? Most couples don't even have a date night. And that's not even counting. Are you reading any marriage books? Are you listening to any podcasts about becoming a young, a young lady? I say young lady. She's even older than my wife is, but... Um, I say young lady because her mindset is perfect. She came up to my wife on Sunday and said, Laura, do you know of any books that I could start reading to become a better wife? Mm. Uh, and I said, she worded that very well because she didn't say, how do I fix my husband? Yeah. She didn't even say, I want to work on my marriage. She said, how do I become a better wife? So she's willing. And well, Chris, what does that have to do with your subject matter? She's willing to learn the theoretical to change the results of the practical. Because really what we're asking is theoretical versus practical is what are you learning to get better results? Right, right. And are you willing to apply what you're learning to get the better results? And that, that's what I would ask all of our listeners. And please join the conversation and let us know what are some different ways that you're learning theoretical things? What are some different things that you're learning? What are some tools you're learning? My wife and I have a system we've tied into that teaches personal development and leadership, like leadership in the world today. Leadership is one of my hot buttons, but honestly, that's more of a theoretical concept than it is a practical thing. I'm about to give a, uh, this Wednesday, I'm giving a lunch and learn presentation for a leadership talk. Most people want to know leadership, but it's simply to increase their bottom line. They don't understand yeah. it's people skills and caring for people. So anyways, we're not going to go down that rabbit trail. So, Well, and that's one place that's actually really interesting. And I don't mean to interrupt, but it's actually no, really do. interesting to think about what happens when the results you're chasing aren't achievable by the things that you're doing to try to get there. So think about it this Good way. Point. When people are chasing leadership for the wrong results because they want to get the, their their dollar increased, what do most, and this is just in my experience because I've worked a lot of fast food restaurants, so you see a lot of people <laughs> who think they're leaders and they come in and they yes. want to take charge, right? What happens when you see that person that you can tell is just trying to benefit themselves off being a quote-unquote good leader? Mm. I mean, you see that the people around them don't want to deal with them. The employees don't want to listen to them. No one wants to do what they're saying because you can see the fakeness in when they're trying to, when you ask for a day off because you're sick and then they're like, no, sorry, you got to come in anyway. And it's like, 
So all this leadership, we're going to take care of you, and you know, we're here as a team. You're not really a team if you're forcing me to come in while I'm sick. And you especially don't care about the customer if you're forcing me to make food while, the, while I'm sick. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that we see sometimes that the practical and theoretical can actually get um, distorted when trying to achieve something that doesn't necessarily follow from those things. And especially when you're chasing a result that really isn't the result of learning leadership. You're not going to learn, right, having a better marriage, practice having a better marriage, and end up getting divorced. Mm-hmm. I mean, preferably you wouldn't, unless right. your spouse is really trying to get it. Yeah, so, exactly. um, and that's not trying to be mean to anyone, but, but the whole point is if you're chasing something and the results you're chasing, you're taking the steps to achieve, then you're going to achieve it you just got to give yourself, again, that third factor, that time factor. Yep. And a, a, maybe a little bit of luck's required sometimes. Kind of depends, you know. But I think that we so often, um, a, along with failing to either implement the, pra- in, implement the theoretical or to think about the practical that we're supposed to be doing in order to achieve the results, right. so often we chase the wrong results using yep. the wrong methods. Very true. Well, and one last thing before we kind of tie things up. One, I think one of the things that you're going to hear from our blog over and over again and from our podcast over and over again is that if you chase nothing, you're going to reach mediocrity. Right. You will never. You cannot reach success accidentally. Mm-hmm. People say you luck into success. You can't luck into long-term success. You may luck into the lotto, but you're not. 94% of lottery winners are bankrupt within two years. Yeah. Like you're not going to reach long-term success without the theoretical side. So right. why don't we go and sum this up here? Because I'd love to make a couple book suggestions, podcast suggestions, audio suggestions, and a, a way that you can learn some theoretical. People may ask why we why we always make these suggestions because somebody who truly wants to learn is looking for good, solid theoretical from somebody they trust. And maybe we haven't earned all of your trust yet, but what I will tell you is we've gotten some really good results in this, and we'd like to share that with you. So. Yeah. Off the top of your head, um, what kind of books, what kind of podcasts, what do you have that people can learn some theoretical in a general sense? Well, some things about theoretical in a general sense, I would say that pretty much any book on a subject that you're interested in, as long as you trust, again, like you just said, the results of the person who wrote it. Um, I would say, for instance, a good starting point for a lot of people is Dave Ramsey for Finances. A good starting point for a lot of people when it comes to marriage is um, I recommend Mingling of Souls by Matt Chandler. I would also recommend... um, DNA of Relationships, Gary Smalley. Those are some good books that um, really help with the marriage aspect. But I think finding someone you know and trust, for instance, um, for me and Darian to find a, my, my wife, to find a, um, an older couple who has a happy marriage or happier marriage, um, <laughs> to talk to them and get some ideas about what they are taking in to make that marriage better. Um, so I would recommend people you trust getting ideas from about any subject that you're curious about from people you trust who have the results you want, ask them. It's a really good idea. There's a book called The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson that does a really good job. And I'm going I'm to mention two because if you like details, then he's then he that's your book because that talks about the idea of implementing knowledge and going from theoretical to practical and how it's the little things over time. If you're just looking for, if you're somebody who just wants to kick in the pants and you're like, come on, tell it to me straight, The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy is very similar to The Slight Edge. I almost tell people they're the same book in a sense, but one is shorter and harder hitting, the other is longer and has more details. 
to be able to help apply. But those two books are fantastic. And, um, and, and if you're looking for something just to help your thinking, then I would highly encourage the four, eight principle by Tommy Newberry, mm-hmm. which is fantastic as well. So, so we definitely appreciate you listening to, to, uh, to tuning in this week to this, ep- we, this week's episode of glasses and soapboxes. If you've enjoyed our podcast, feel free to subscribe and be part of the conversation by leaving a comment or sending an email to us. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next time.